going on, guys? And welcome in to the Benches Cleared Podcast, where we cover the best rivalry in all the sports, and Tyler's yawning all the time. I am Jessica Vietas, and I represent the side of the San Francisco Giants. And I'm Tyler Cohen, and I represent the side of the 2020 World Series champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. Always living in the past, Tyler. Um, we're in the offseason. Dominoes are falling, baby. It is just pow, 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 pow. Everyone's signing. LeMahieu, gone. Springer, gone. Brantley to the Blue Jays. No, the Astros, gone. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, thing, things are finally happening, for Christ's sake. They must have listened to the podcast last week and heard me complain. Exactly. Um, all it took was another president for all this stuff to – to uh to, to start falling apparently um i just it's and people have giving like these these mlb reporters such a hard time for like you know they're just getting the information like i don't i mean maybe i'd be mad if i was a blue jays fan honestly i'd be kind of pissed because i'd be like yeah we got brantley i would and be oh, real upset yeah so maybe i'm just yeah, because the, we don't sign anyone the, big so the blue jays don't i mean sure they could use him of course yeah they need to spend money on pitching yeah, they need they need pitching. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, <clears throat> Blue Jays fans, thank your lucky stars that you saved uh, an AAV of like sixteen million for the next two years. I don't know. I feel like he would be worth it. Um, I think he's. I think he's a better player than George Springer. I mean, uh, mm. I'd rather have Michael Brantley than George Springer. I mean, that's maybe I don't know. That's but, just blind looking. Maybe I just have a stain because of the the whole trash can thing. I don't know. I, this is without me. You better, you you better get over it. You, know? you better get over it because guess who's going to be your starting, starting shortstop after next season? Carlos Correa. I guarantee it. Damn, then I'd have to be like, yeah, ooh. Yeah, there's a prediction for you two years in I the future. I doubt it. I doubt I mean, I would think they would go the, the, the least profile of the shortstops. So I think maybe Trevor Story is a lot more, um, a lot more likely. Um, but the draft did sign somebody. Um, it was one Alex Wood, Woody, 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 Woody. Um, yeah, man, another lefty starter, not the one that I was hoping for, but you know what? Welcome aboard, man. I feel like Farhan hasn't made a bad signing yet, so I'm all for it. Three million, just three mil, three million incentives. Uh, a little weird that it's not based on starts. It's more, it's based on ten outs. Out. There we go. Ten out outings, um, which tells me that they are probably going to use an opener uh, w- with him, or maybe do that idea that I was that we were talking about last week about four innings, or maybe with Logan Webb. Too long four innings with him. Yeah, I-, I like that idea more than the opener. Like I've said yeah. before. You know, uh, as a Dodger fan, kind of sad to see Alex would go. I don't really feel like he ever panned out to be what they wanted him to be, <clears throat> and obviously, I don't think. The Braves felt that either, which is why they were able to let him go. But I think it's a good sign for the Giants. Brave. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Right, he, was said was like, to be, oh, yeah, right. he was supposed to be the ace at the time. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good signing for the Giants. I mean, I definitely don't think the Dodgers could have really used him. Yeah, they, they would have put him in. The, I mean, he has now a, a, an opening to, to start or, you know, bulk inning, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, especially with with a team that needs a lefty lefty starter or a lefty bull bulk guy, however you want to, you know, phrase it or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, but I feel like if the if the Giants give him consistent starts or consistent yeah. bulk innings, yeah. he he might be able to do do some good. So good and for with, him, with, you know, don't yeah. have anything against the guy. He he was a big part of the World Series for us. So you know, yeah, didn't have a great glad year. He caught on somewhere. But he uh, he did have a good postseason, and he's always been pretty solid. You know, not not someone that's going to start your rotation, but you know, at times could be a really solid two or three guy. I mean, two on our rotation because our rotation last year has been pretty shot. But uh, right. uh, maybe like a, a solid three or four type guy, and that's what they're paying him for. And yeah, can't complain. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, uh, yeah, the Dodgers but- haven't done shit. Um. <laughs> Which is weird because I thought once LeMay he went, Turner would be gone in the next day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's right. They I went still that think, Yeah, I, I still think the, the Dodgers are going to sign him, but I, I think they're just at odds over the years, over the length of the contract. I definitely don't want to sign him for four years. Mm-hmm. If he's willing to take two, I think that would be great. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, well, there is a team making a lot of moves in the NL West. Another Padres picked up another starter. I mean, how many fucking starters do you need? Uh, I guess they gave away one, and uh, and Lucchese, someone that um, did really well against the Giants. But I don't know Musgrove. I feel like is going to do uh, do some damage too um, in the NL West. So I don't know, man. That rotation is pretty uh, damn good. No, it, it, it is good, but I think the Lucchese and Musgrove, I feel like it's a pretty even swap. I, I don't uh, think they got better or worse necessarily. I I think for sure they got better. I think for sure they got better. I mean, I don't think they got Miles. He's obviously not a Blake Snell top of the rotation guy unless you're in Pittsburgh. But, yeah. I mean, his, his uh, underlying numbers are, are extremely good, and when you're, you know, asked to be the number four guy i feel like he's probably going to be the best number four guy in all of baseball so um yeah. you know who 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 do you think is a better number four guy david david price could be our number four this season who would be your number three then <clears throat> julio rios he could be he could be the number three uh I would either say or david if price you swap if you swap the two yeah, but Urias Anyways. hasn't even started a full year, okay? And I'm sorry to talk shit, Dodger fans. I'm sorry, but it's true. He hasn't started a full year. You can't expect him to be better than David Price. Uh, you just or, can't do that. Or, you know, if we sign Trevor Bauer, David Price is definitely uh, our number here we four. Are. Come, coming back to the Trevor Bauer balls in your mouth, okay. At first it was, yeah, I love him. Then it was like, fuck him, I don't even care anymore. I I don't. I think we'll be just fine without him. <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, there's no really need except for the replacement of Turner. And even then you could even replace him in-house for you. Um, if you had to, but I doubt they're gonna do that. They're gonna they're gonna at least get somebody. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I mean the biggest thing is the the dominoes are starting to fall. Hopefully mm-hmm. Riamuto and Bauer sign somewhere in the next couple weeks. Just mm-hmm. kind of put this whole thing to bed, but dominoes we'll are falling. Text messages are falling. Uh, our our our, uh, our our friends over there in the East Coast are having a little bit of trouble. Um, their GM Dick Porter uh, is it, 
little, little bit of heat. And I, I really don't want to, you know, touch too much on it because everyone's already talked about it. Um, but there's this, there's always somebody who has to say something back, right? And the the thing is, is they're always trying to blame, um, you know, oh, they shouldn't have fired him for this. This was five years ago. Uh, what was she doing? Uh, you know, texting him and, you know, not just blocking his number if she really didn't want to continue talking to him. First of all, it's no one's job to block anybody, okay? You should take the hint. Don't, I mean, I just don't, it's, it's so outlandish to be like, don't send your dick. Like that's uh, like, that's crazy that you would have to pretty, say something. It's pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. You know, you know what gets me the most though, is the whole blocking thing. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's no one's job <clears throat> to block someone, but that argument of why didn't she block someone to me, that's the equivalent argument of, well, you shouldn't have worn that. Yeah, like you would have exactly. Been raped if you if you wore that, it's the uh -huh. same argument. So like these these that's sexual idiots. harassment. Like I just and that and I I honestly I had to look for it. Like anyone on my feed, I didn't hear the foot drop anywhere that anyone I knew or anyone in baseball that I saw. So like it, it's you know it's something that someone posted like got the comments. So then I went to a post and I saw you know oh what's wrong with second chances? Dude abuses power to try to like. You yeah. know, <clears throat> to basically hold over a girl's head like, hey, let's 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 hook like, and you can't blame her for not blocking him. I mean, solely because that's just a piece of shit thing to do. But right. second of all, that was her job, a, a way to get information, and she was trying not to burn a bridge, and she didn't want to come out because she was scared about losing her job, which is a huge problem in any yeah. industry, let alone baseball industry, who's it's controlled by men. But <clears throat> it's just ridiculous. There should be no other like I know. Oh, there's two sides to every story. There's always the other foot's got to drop. There should be no other foot's dropping here. Right. I The thing that got me, though, is, I mean, it took, what, 12, 14 hours for the Mets to fire him? Mm -hmm. I'm satisfied with how quickly they took care of it. But I didn't yeah. see a lot of people giving Steve Cohen shit, saying, like, oh, it took you 12 hours. And to a degree – I don't want to say there's two sides to, I mean, there are two sides to every story, but like you have to gather some facts. You can't mm -hmm. just hear someone say something and boom. Okay. Like you're mm -hmm. fired. I think that's an adequate amount of time. And once they had mm -hmm. all the information they felt they needed, they fired him. They did the right and, thing. Yeah. And I don't think, and to me it was like, Hey, we learned about it midday, you know, and they fired him the next morning. And I, I guarantee you they didn't fire him the next morning. I guarantee you, I mean, you yeah, would have to call just the what guy it was reported. Exactly. So, like, yeah. I guarantee you, if, I mean, in all aspects, we got to give someone the benefit of the doubt of someone like Steve Cohen, obviously not Dick Porter, but um, what's someone called? Uh, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be like, hey, I'm going to call this guy and tell him, hey, I didn't know about this. This is terrible. I don't want you representing my organization. Right. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You and I, I would like to believe that it wasn't a conversation like, hey, explain to me kind of. It was, hey, no. these are the facts that we've gathered. We know this is what happened. You're fucking done. No, nah, you know? I wanted a, I wanted a Generation X. Hey, suck it. You <clears throat> out. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. 
I'm all for second chances, but there are some things that just don't deserve a, no. a second chance. So an abuse of power like that, and no. and and it also goes to you know the 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 way of baseball being like if a if a white dude gets a position, it's always like, well, I mean, he had a position in baseball, he's going to work his way up. But any anytime someone of color or a woman gets a position, it's like, what are her qualifications? We need to see it. Like, right. no. Yeah, there, someone I saw on Twitter posted. You know, the Marlins uh, GM, Kim Ang, had 30 years in baseball before she got the GM position. This guy is a piece of shit and has been in baseball for half that time, less than half that time. And, you know, when he gets it, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And it turns out he's a piece of shit. Yeah. So, And, and if I'm not mistaken, I, it sucks because I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't read the article. I... You know, I saw what I needed to see, and I was like, I don't need to hear more. This guy's a piece of shit. I, I don't need to feed into it. I'm, I'm done, you know. But from what I've, I've, I've read, the Cubs might have known about it because um, that's what happened, it happened when he was part of the Cubs organization. And if the Cubs would uh, have known about it and they didn't tell – because obviously there had to be a reference, you know, and they didn't say anything to the, the Mets, that's fucked up. If the Mets knew about it and didn't and, – and hired him anyways, that's very fucked up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a whole different story that we don't need to get all the way into. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, this week, another Dodger, another baseball legend, Don Sutton passed away at the age of 75. This year is just, uh, you know, picking up where 2020 left off still absolute shit. So, uh, yeah, super sad, you know, condolences go out to his family um just the dog doesn't mean anything from us but we'll give them anyways yeah yeah and you know i wanted to touch on something i I said last week about tommy lasorda i I think people might have gotten the impression that i thought tommy lasorda was just a piece of shit and i don't i think he made a huge mistake in his life you know with with his son but i don't think that discredits things he did in the community and after you know last week hearing all these stories and it was especially Chanho Park, you know, put out a statement about what Tommy was sort of meant to him and what he did for baseball at large in the community. So I just wanted to set that record straight that, you know, I think the man made a mistake and he, you know, did some pretty horrible things, you know, with his decision on how he treated his family members, but I don't think that discredits him as far as what he did for the community and what he did for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to baseball stay the same. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. Just yeah. in case anyone got the wrong idea. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get happy Dodger fans. We, we, we got you someone to be really excited about. We're excited to talk to him. And now welcoming in a new friend of the podcast, Dodgers, number one prospect, Josiah Gray. Josiah, thanks for coming on, man. Pleasure, pleasure to have you on. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, chop it up a little bit, uh, and you know, just tell a little bit about myself, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, definitely. You know, we, I think we like to uh, pride ourselves on <clears throat> not taking things so seriously and asking, you know, some questions that might be a little bit outside the box, but we'll <laughs> we'll kind of get to those. Yeah, we'll later. let you be the judge of that. I mean, for us, you, yeah. you might think it's out of the box, but then you're like, dude, these guys are yeah. fucking stupid, dude. My First out of the box question, do you like baseball? <laughs> uh, so, 
so one of I mean, we don't have to touch on it too much because everyone pretty much knows that you're a converted shortstop, you know, obviously a pitcher now. Yeah. But being a converted shortstop and being able to hit <clears throat> in college, I know you were a closer for a bit in college as well, but you'd start the game mm-hmm. as a shortstop. Are you super bummed that now when you're about to crack the big league roster that the universal DH might be here to stay and you'll never get that <laughs> opportunity to hit? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely one of the things I think about. I'm like, man, is this going to be like the last year where I get a chance to even get in that bat? Or is it like, like what's going to happen? Because I had four at-bats in double A in 2019, but then I was like, okay, like, you can kind of look forward to it. Like, we in, even in spring training, we would uh, have some BP and, and funding practice and stuff. But now it's like the universal DH is going to be a thing. So that those opportunities just might not be there uh, a year from now. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, so when you were part of the player pool in SC – because the universal DH was in place last season, did they even give you guys a chance to hit or is it just you guys pitch, do your in-between days and that's kind of it? Yeah, exactly that. It was you show up to the field, do whatever you got to do for the day. And then your pitching day you pitched and then you kept it pushing for, I think we were there for two months. So it was there for two months. None of us pitchers picked up a bat. There were no, there was no pitchers BP. There was no uh, kind of aspect of that even being a thought. <laughs> you know, it's just pitch, <clears throat> throw the ball. So you're, and... you're getting really set up to fail then, if 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 it does stay at least for the year. I think I'll be all right. Uh, there are some times like this off season when I've hit with my friends back home that are still playing college ball, because uh, you know that's always that's what we grew up doing. Uh, but other than that, I'm like, it'll be, it'll obviously be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's good. It's something we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to be set up better than some of these other guys that are just have been a only pitcher <laughs> since high school. For sure. So you'll at least have that advantage. Yeah. Cause sure. I always felt like as a, as a pitcher, you just, I, I don't know, especially now with the DH, you just want to get that one hit out of the way. I mean, don't you feel like you would just want to get that one hit just to have the ball and say, like, I at least got one major yeah. league hit? Yeah, exactly. I think every pitcher, if you grow up or go through the system of the NL system, you always have that thought, like, man, I'm going to – if I make it to the big leagues, I'm going to have some big league at-bats one time. So you want to think about, man, that first hit and be like, okay, this is how I think it's going to play out. Probably won't play out like that. <laughs> but you always think of that, about that. But now, you know, universal DH being a thing that's going to come in a year or two, it's kind of a a dream that's just not going to happen for a lot of guys. But you know, yeah. we get paid we get paid to throw the ball and not uh, swing the bat. Is it acceptable yeah. for a pitcher to bat flip if it's not a home run? <laughs> uh, man, I would say no. <laughs> just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really haven't. I don't think I've ever seen a pitcher bat flip. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I feel like Zach Greinke's like follow through just looks like a bat flip. Maybe true, true. He does. He does have some flair to it. I mean, hey, if you if you hold your own up there and you know that it's not like a one and done sort of thing, then do what you got to do. I guess. Oh, I wouldn't care. Even if I was the worst hitting pitcher in the world and I hit one, that bat would be. (laughs) 
you know, two inches from the dugout. I'd toss that thing so goddamn far it wouldn't even be funny. Bunt single? Yeah. I mean, hopefully, if the Universal DH days, hopefully you guys get in a, you know, a 2018 World Series scenario where 18 <laughs> innings, you know, you didn't start that day or weren't in the pen. <clears throat> they bring you yeah. from the bench, you know, hit a little, mm-hmm. hit a little walk off. Uh, well, even even last year, I think it's like if if your backup catcher has to come in for a certain reason, I I think the DH goes away. No. Uh, if you if you I think if you hit for, or you bring your DH into the field, yeah. then the uh, okay, then the pitcher slot becomes a like a fielder becomes a yeah, hitter, you, I believe. Yeah, I guess doubles, that's what happens when you watch NL baseball your whole life. You yeah, if you double if you double switch and bring the DH yeah. into the field, that's exactly what okay. happens. Yeah. Um, so there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm one of those baseball purists, I guess. I just love National League Baseball. I don't want the DH. Seems like a lot of people have flipped on it, and they're okay with it now, which is a bummer. I'm we'll a flip flopper for sure. After seeing it, I, I'm yeah, I'm a, a flip flopper. Yeah, that is a there's no bitch. way. No, yeah, we'll <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Huh. Uh, <clears throat> so, talking about USC, do you feel like the the player pool, the summer camp, whatever we want to call it, do you feel like it was an equivalent to a, a minor league season, or was it better for development for a minor league season, or did it kind of miss the mark? I think seeing that the situation we were in, it was sort of tough for it to like replicate a minor league season just because you're not facing different teams. There sort of isn't a progression level, I guess you could say. You know, it was either USC or the big leagues, but you know, our big league team, um, extremely, extremely successful last year. So it definitely took away from that sort of aspect of just going out and competing every, every outing. But I think it, it was really beneficial that you got to see a lot of different guys at different points in their careers. Like, you know, we had guys like Bobby Miller, uh, first round draft picks. You had like guys my, like myself, you know, a phone call away, Kimber Ruiz, Gavin Lux, uh, DJ Peters, 40 man guys. Then you had like uh, guys like Anthony Garcia or, Edibray Ramos, or even AJ Ramos, who was with us for a little bit. So uh, veteran guys, and you have just a lot of different guys just like culminating into one group. And everyone obviously had the same goal, but everyone was at a different point in their career. And it was just really fun to see and see everyone go out there and compete against their own teammates and sort of just try to create that aspect of competition and like rivalry as best as you could, even though it wasn't, it wasn't able to um, like mirror what a real minor league season would have been. Right. Yeah. Did you guys ever do anything? I don't know. I don't, for lack of a better word, fun. Like, cause I, I, I don't know, especially in your situation, you know, being a hitter, not being able to hit after, after a day, I would be like, you know, let's play some over the line or, Let's do something. Just let me get a damn bat in my hand and let me do something with it. Did anything like that ever happen? No, I wish. Uh, every day was pretty much business as usual. We would have an off day here and there, depending on what the big league team was doing and whatever our schedule was as a group. Uh, there were some times we would practice or, or scrimmage or whatever had was going on at Dodger Stadium. 
for that day. So that, that was obviously fun. Uh, but beyond that, we didn't really have much fun, I guess. <laughs> it was kind of just go to the ballpark, get your work in. Uh, if you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go to the ballpark, get the work in. And talking about those that, I mean, I guess that whole situation, the summer camp, uh, I saw a video and um, one of your summer camp starts where Corey Seager almost took your head off. Uh, did, did, was it like something that you had to kind of shake off or did you, I mean, was it just kind of like, ah, eh, that kind of happens. Yeah. It was kind of really scary, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's something you just got to shake off. It's like, sheesh, that almost killed me. Uh, and and looking at the video after the game uh, I was like wow that was freaking hard hit yeah yeah uh but yeah it's just something you got to shake off and you're like okay I gotta still get out I gotta still get these guys out and you can't really like pitch with the fear of that because Mm. I think if you do it it really messes up your game and that's just something I never really want to think about too intently because you know Pitching is already yeah. hard enough, hard enough. Yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. gonna keep keep it as simple as I can, and try to think about the least amount of things as possible. How many years in do you need to like check Corey Seager for like, hey, bro, don't be doing that again? You know? <laughs> no, I don't think that'll ever happen. I think we're both <laughs> to to more on the quiet side and sort of in the way we get our work done. So that's okay. probably not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's as talented as as talented as ever. So this is just something I kind of thought of since we're talking about, you know, comebackers. I saw a few years ago that they were kind of demoing. I think a guy on the Yankees or the Rays was wearing it. The super padded hats. Mm. Do either of you remember this or seen that? Oh yeah. There was a guy on the Padres who had it for sure. I I remember that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever Mario hat? Yeah. Yeah. They look goofy as hell. And I can't imagine it would be comfortable using one while you're pitching. I think like it would just throw off your equilibrium because it's so damn big and bulky. But have you ever seen anyone wear those? Have you ever tried one yourself? No, I've never really seen them. I've seen it in the person we've mentioned before. But I could see an idea of that working where you sort of put like the Evo Shield protective uh, material in your hat. Mm-hmm. And like throw it in like the front flaps and the side flaps, and I don't think mm. it'd be too bulky. Yeah. Kind of like for, form fitting. Mm-hmm. I'm, hey, I might I might have just made Evil Shield a million dollar idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe no one's tried yet, though. I mean, that's yeah. like patent pending, yeah. patent pending, patent pending. There. Yeah, <laughs> we need to, we need to go to Shark Tank with this. All three of us, we need to yeah. we need to really get on on the same page here. Put our money in. I I think that that could work. Uh, but, no, I, I think that's something that could work. I've never seen it um, to this point yet, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, well, I mean, I got to give you guys props because uh, I had a pitch on my slow-pitch softball team, and I was like, okay, where's my catcher's mask? I want some, <laughs> you know, knee guards. Like, I'm not fucking yep. around. I don't want to die yep. out there on the softball so, yeah, field. Yeah, Tyler's so. pretty much on, on that level. He's like, yeah, the slow-pitch yeah. rec league. I mean, I'm, I obviously I'm like right there by the major yeah, leagues. Yeah, I obviously know exactly <laughs> what you've been through because I play slow-pitch <laughs> softball. We're on the same level, I guess you could say. Um, <clears throat> so, speaking of, you know, the highest level, I mean, it's no secret that the Dodgers rotation is – stacked you know and until you know the Padres did their thing 
might've been the best in baseball, still might be the best in baseball, but that's obviously up for debate. How comfortable would you feel, you know, especially this year, if you crack the major league roster as a, as a bullpen piece, do you feel like that takes any more adjustment mentally for you? Obviously, since you were a closer in college, you kind of have that mentality already. Uh, but is it is it just like a light switch? Like you can flick it and you are bullpen mentality versus starter mentality? Or how does that work? Yeah, I think it definitely would take some time just because, you know, <laughs> I've been a starter since 2018. Uh, but obviously it'd be something I'd, I'd be open to do. And I, I think the team would obviously prepare me for that if that was the case. Uh, so whatever happens happens uh, but you know whatever role they want to throw me into I'll, I'll be prepared for whether it be the bullpen uh, starting spot starting whatever it may be but I'll be ready for whatever and kind of just have to adjust as the season goes on and and kind of just take every day as uh, as planned and as you know as prescribed by uh, the coaching staff so so speaking of which we we've covered it for the past couple of weeks that there doesn't seem to be a lot of direction from the top down as far as the commissioner saying, you know, plan on 162 game season plan on spring training. There's no definitive kind of uh, direction at the moment. So what has the team been telling you, if you can share, is it plan on spring training and just keep doing your off season work and plan on, you know, the middle of February pitchers and catchers reporting or, are they just kind of preparing you for all different kinds of scenarios? Yeah. So I've, I know as much as, you know, the, the casual fan that when Rob Manfred said, prepare for the regular season to be on time, spring training to be on time, that's what we were told. So we're kind of just preparing for that and just going to adjust with whatever happens in terms of whatever MLB wants to do. And, you know, the state of the virus, because obviously Arizona and Florida are, are sort of hot spots right now in terms of cases and whatnot. So I'm sure that the league and the players association are kind of just trying to assess the risks right now and try to make the best decisions possible for us to, you know, continue to start the season safely. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because yeah. As we've noted on the show before, I tend to be a little bit more negative, and uh, I don't know if the season's going like, to start. Come on, guys. I, I hope to God that it does. But, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's all going to come together. It's going to work out. Yeah. Well, that's what we thought last year. And, I mean, it obviously did work out eventually, but, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Jesse kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier when we were talking about the uh, exhibition game against the Angels, you know, <clears throat> Well, we were talking about summer camp games, but specifically the exhibition not. game against the Angels. Mm -hmm. What was it like facing Mike Trout? <laughs> this you know, is third, <laughs> second or third batter in, just Mike Trout yeah. walks up to the plate. What's what's going on in your head? Yeah, this is probably the most asked question I've gotten since I've been home. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's the best hitter in, in the planet on the planet. Uh, so just kind of prepared for that and didn't want to stray from my attack, though, and just kind of going right at him. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely a, kind of like surreal feeling because obviously I'm a huge baseball fan, as, as you guys are. 
And, you know, seeing that guy in the box and me actually throwing those pitches, definitely like, wow, you know, this is – you've made it to this point where you've, you're facing Mike Trout. Right. Albeit in a summer camp game. Uh, but it was definitely You're still cool facing and... Mike Trout. Don't, don't downplay it. <laughs> yeah. You're still facing Mike Trout. That's yeah. still huge. Yeah, still, still very cool. And I'm sure we're going to have future matchups and, and kind of just build on that. So that'll – hopefully become more of a regular thing. And, you know, every, every uh, matchup will be just as intense, just as meaningful. And when you, when you talk about matchups and, you know, not deviating from your plan, are you are you one of those guys that you go more on what you do well versus what does the hitter not do well? So you kind of just keep your plan of attack, you know, for all hitters more or less rather than, okay, I know this guy can't hit a breaking ball. I'm going to throw him three pitches in the dirt. Are you more of a stay with your plan of attack kind of guy? Yeah. So sort of both, I guess you can say, like, I know what I do well, but then we also have like scouting reports on every hitter. Uh, So learning what they don't do well, what they do well, along with what I do well and knowing what I might not do as well. So just tailoring it with, each strength and weakness and trying to like formulate a plan is probably the best way I go about my business and probably a lot of the staff, the Dodger staff as well. So staying in that same game, you face Mike Trout, you walk him, he dribbles one to third, you get him out. And, you know, we're talking about the best hitter in baseball right now, but let's talk about one of the best hitters in baseball generationally and maybe 10 years ago. Do you have someone throw up right now? No. My dog, this wind is killing me. My allergies are shit right now. (laughs) I felt like we just saw like maybe like an insect just falling. No, I keep keep having to mute. I keep having to mute myself and clear my throat because I don't, my drink's gone. Anywho, you know, speaking of generational hitters, you struck out Albert Pujols and Shohei Otani in that game. And I know it's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some people might consider it Bush League. But did you keep the ball? Because I would have kept both those fucking balls. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, I, I really even wasn't thinking about keeping the ball after after either of those punch-ups or any out in general. Uh, I kind of just kept it pushing. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about it now, it's like, man, I – I could have kept that ball, had it written up a little bit, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the future and like, you know, to do, to do those things sort of regularly and mm-hmm. uh, kind of not try to blow up one moment over the other, but obviously still really cool. And, you know, looking back on it, I kind of wish I might've even thought about that. <laughs> you know what you should do? You should just screen cap the YouTube video of pool house striking out and then, the freeway series before the season starts this year, just bring it over to him. Be like, Hey man, can you sign this? Uh, remember that time that I struck you out and made you look like an idiot? This is no big deal, but if you can sign it, that'd be super cool. It's almost like, have you, watched, uh, have you ever watched uh, uh, Eastbound and Down and Kenny Powers like, had his like, like the first episode? Oh, okay. Well, so Kenny Powers like makes, makes this like, uh, this like uh this video that he like sends the teams to try to get it you could just make your own video and just make people mm-hmm. watch it like when they come into your house and stuff i mean i'm sure people would think that's totally normal 
<laughs> no, if I ever did that, I would close and be like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> if if I ever messed it up, the courage, <laughs> yeah, then I, yeah. that would that would shoot me right back down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, be like, "Hey, are you a fan that like got to be on the field for a day, or what's going on here? <laughs> Why are you here?" <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <clears throat> so you know, spring training is theoretically coming up in a month for pitchers and catchers. What do you think it's going to be like being in that locker room in Camelback with, you know, all these guys who you may have a relationship with already, but now that they're all world series champions and have kind of set the tone with, they got over the hump and now this is kind of the new expectation. You know, they want to be there every year. Do you think the atmosphere in the locker room is going to be a little bit different than years past? I think it'll be definitely a lot more, uh, how do I say it? Like guys know what it, what it takes and what it feels like to win that world series. Like everyone, everyone has spoke about, you know, Mookie's speech at the start of camp um, and kind of how he, just how he talked about going about your day's work and whatever. Um, And kind of like, I think those speeches will become more prevalent just because we know what it's like and for the guys that were you know in the thick of it they like this is a feeling that probably can't be topped so in the game so you want to be able to do that and and kind of just like have that feeling felt throughout the 26 guys on the roster the remaining guys on the 40-man roster and then non-roster invites as well so I think it'll be a really good time whenever camp is and it'll really be a feeling of just going out there and wanting to repeat and knowing that we have the tools in place to do that. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because I was thinking about that today because I remember when it was reported that Mookie, excuse me, came into camp and kind of made his speech. A lot of people were like, that's not how you do things. You know, you're kind of new here. And hindsight being 2020, you know, now you can look back and be like, obviously it did something, you know, and now you're going to have 20 something guys that can all speak to what Mookie was speaking to. And, you know, maybe David Price, you know, now you're going to have 20 something guys that can all corroborate his, his speech saying like, yeah, this is how you get there. And this is something, you know, this is a feeling you're never going to forget. This is the pinnacle of being a major league baseball player. So it's funny just because, you know, when people were really shitting on Mookie saying like, this isn't how you do things. My take was always, well, how can you say that? None of you have been there. None of We haven't, we (laughs) haven't gotten over that hump before. So let's let him do this and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Like what can it hurt? So, I, yeah, I just thought it was funny that, you know, now everyone can look back and be like, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, <laughs> talked down to that. But Yeah, yeah, know. being being in the locker room for that, um, it just – I didn't know if it was like a regular occurrence or if it was just like a random thing that always happened or, or something. And, you know, just feeling that. And I think it was the first or second day he was there and him to just speak up in that, in that way and – you know, coming over to us and kind of just saying, like, we have as much talent as any other team in the league and to go out and just, like, act like we do. 
I'm sure it resonated with a lot of guys in that clubhouse and it resonated with me uh, because one of our coordinators, Jamie Wright, a uh, longtime big league veteran, he kind of pulled me over to the side uh, like an hour or two after and said, hey, you're never you're probably never going to see a speech or hear a speech like that ever again. And that like was, I was like, damn. And then looking at it, what, nine mm. months later, mm. you're like, geez, like that's it's crazy how, you know, we set our minds to it and started thinking about it and then look at where we are now, uh, nine, ten months later. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I can't speak to it because I don't know Mookie personally and I've never been around him, but he seems like a pretty soft spoken guy. He doesn't seem like the kind of raw, raw guy that, you know, would be kind of doing that in the locker room. But I think that kind of makes it that much more important is you have this soft spoken guy who's the highest caliber baseball player, arguably the second best baseball player in the world coming in and immediately setting that tone you know, I feel like everyone has to listen. So all these outside people that say like, this isn't how you do it. You know, I'm sure everyone else in the locker room kind of felt the way that you did where, you know, he just kind of commands the listening of everyone else, you know, and has this aura about him because of who he is. So that, I mean, that totally makes sense to me. And I I wish I could have been in there to hear that speech, but you know, (laughs) I got one day. I got to watch the Dodgers win a world series and that's good enough for me. Like it's like, like, like big daddy, you know, when that guy was, uh, shit, was it big daddy when he's like, just with the, with the soap and shit and like in the locker room, (laughs) that's how you're going to sneak. You're going to have to sneak in and pretend to be somebody else. So that's basically what I'm getting at. I just said a really shitty movie. Whatever. Adam Sandler movie. Same thing. Maybe it'll be on a, Backstage Dodgers one day. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Maybe, maybe it already is. I don't know. It's yeah, not. I've attack. watched every episode this season. <laughs> it wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, you were, you were you were on the taxi squad uh, during that time. Were you like? Did you get any like time? Like, did you touch the World Series trophy? I guess is what I'm trying to build up to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got I, you got, got some time got, with it. Yeah, I, I was probably the last person to touch it and get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> But you I got one. That's all matters. I got the contributors got their pictures, and then I was like, "Hey, let me let me take a picture." Of this. Gosh, I mean, have you have you lobbied to try to get a ring and be like, "Hey, look, there were some guys that were on the roster that were at USC, and you know, I'm working with them." It's a it takes a village, you know. I I feel like I would yeah. be lobbying for a ring, being like, "Listen, guys, come on." <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not too caught up on that. Obviously, we won the whole thing, and obviously, wish to be a bigger part of it. But I think even being there on the taxi squad, you know, I yeah. got to see it, and I got to under or try to understand what it takes day in day out in the playoffs mm-hmm. to win and win the whole sit, whole thing, come back from three one, you name it. So uh, I'm not going to get caught up on this one, I, and I want to you know, be a part, be a bigger part of the next, the next yeah, couple and kind of just build off that. You know, talking about just leaving, you know, big marks uh, on the game. Is there something that like you want to do as far as in the game or even outside the game where you want to leave your mark on it? For sure. I think the biggest thing I've put out there thus far is saying just, I want to continue to uh, kind of just gear 
or influence, you know, young black athletes to want to pick up baseball and, and try to get up, get into like higher levels of baseball, because we all know like little league is, is great, but you know, where kids get priced out of baseball is travel ball and Mm -hmm. all the price tags that are attached to that. So, you know, I just want to eventually give back and, and try to just encourage other black kids to get into baseball. And I think that's uh, the grassroots are kind of being put in right now with the players Alliance, Mm. which I really love to see, but then, you know, 10 years down the road, five years, whatever it may be, I want to, you know, be able to start something of my own and kind of just have my own little group that I just, you know, like nurture to want to play like higher levels of baseball and just increase the amount of, uh, you know, black kids that are in baseball and that are interested in baseball and whether it be playing front office, uh, scouting, Mm. even, you know, just, just around the game, because it's a game I grew, I've grown up to love. And I think a lot of kids can grow up to love it as well. If they see like all it has to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always, it's kind of, I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, when you're talking about travel ball, pricing people out and you know that's something even you know i remember as a kid because you always had winter ball at the place we our little league and that competition was was terrible because all the the good kids would go play travel ball and i remember i only got to play one season and it's just way too expensive i mean do you think a better answer may be kind of fostering better talent and keeping them put I guess you could say like you know creating a little league that's a serves the community that doesn't price people out because it isn't travel ball and it is a community effort do you feel like that Mm -hmm. may be part of the solution as well yeah I I definitely think it that's one of the solutions because I know a lot of like states have like American Legion ball or things of that nature or like Cal Ripken Babe Ruth uh but I think it, it's when you get to that age of like 13, 14, where you start hearing of like perfect game tournaments and mm. you start to question, is this the only way I'm going to get seen to go play college baseball? Then it's like, uh, is my American Legion team going to, you know, give me the best opportunity or am I better off? playing travel ball so then kids yeah. are like kind of balancing between the two and then it's like travel ball gets so expensive and it's it's definitely something that needs it needs work for sure yeah and especially something i didn't even think about you know all these kids nowadays have personal pitching coaches hitting coaches you know, all these mm-hmm. personal lessons by the time they're 10 years old too, which is mm-hmm. I'm sure even more expensive than travel ball. Absolutely. So if you add that on top of a kid playing travel ball, I mean, I could definitely see how the competition, you know, is leaps and bounds better at the travel ball route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a, a really expensive game. If you want to be really good, if you don't have the finances to, Mm-hmm. sort of have those resources because you got to think about travel ball. And like you said, uh, private lessons and travel to those travel ball tournaments and uh, hotels and 
transportation and food and cleats and it, it really it really adds up yeah if, if yeah like no wonder my down. parents cut me off after one season <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it all makes sense now when I like, stop and think about now. it. You suck now. You suck anyways, yeah. Tyler. I ain't gonna pay for this shit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I yeah, was grateful well. to to grow up. Uh, I played it on a really uh, local team, uh, and you know we just enjoyed playing ball, and it was something that kept us all playing. And you know the costs were, you know, alleviated uh, somewhat for us. So it. It really uh, definitely kept my love of the game because I, mm-hmm. you know, had those influences in my life. And that's kind of where I get my want to give back to other black kids mm-hmm. in, that were in my position to go out there and continue to play the game they love and, and just aspire to play in college and, and mm-hmm. uh, levels beyond college professional. Is there, I mean, we obviously know that the Players Alliance, you know, they're working on solutions like this. Is there any organization right now that you know of that, you know, we can link to spread the word that's kind of putting these things into motion that already exists? Yeah, I think Players Alliance is probably the the major, the biggest one right now uh, that comes to the top of my head. But obviously, you know, I'm I'm trying to find new uh, just outlets that are helping out African-American kids um, pretty much daily. Um, so, you know, obviously I'll continue to, to speak on it as long as I play this game. And I think a players Alliance is, is probably going to spark a lot more, a lot of more initiatives that come out through this country and people giving back to black communities and trying to get more black kids to play ball. I, I think that's the best way to make the game better and, and grow it is to not make money an issue. You know, if there's ways to either raise money or just, you know, create um, leagues that don't that are very cost effective. You find people who love the game that want to play it, um, you know, versus just rich kids who sometimes are even forced into playing. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, no kids shouldn't be able to play because they can't afford it. And then no No. kids should be priced out of playing the game. Just if they suck like Tyler, then, yeah, that probably should be. Yeah, because I was so terrible. You're right. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I was fucking awesome in high school. Now, um, yeah. All right. Well, Josiah, dude, thank you so much for, for giving us your time, man. Um, we, we end off with these, like, kind of – it's kind of like rapid fire. It's like slow pitch, though, is what we call it, because if you say something a little whacked out, we might come out of pocket. We might have to press you a little bit. <laughs> all right. We don't take no Rest- shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, a show that you're currently currently binging right now. Uh, Stranger Things. I'm actually catching up on now. Respectable. I can respect that. What what, what are you in? What, what season are you in? Uh, season three, episode two. So I I started an episode like a week ago, and I I have to uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. That one, if I'm not mistaken, there's only three seasons, right? Don't yeah. blow it for him. You're going to blow it. I'm not going to blow it. I'm just season saying. three where this happens? Oh, yeah. shit. That was the season finale? <laughs> My bad. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I'm just thinking, like, I think it was, like, season one was good. Season two was, like, ah, this is kind of weird. But season three was, like, really good, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I look forward so to that. I'm going to look forward to if you were getting down on season two, because I think that's where, that's where I was. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel you. like we're on the same wavelength. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> yeah, you guys you're are going friends. up. 
Yeah, where uh, you're going up for karaoke? What's the song? What's the song you're singing? Oh boy, uh, karaoke, karaoke. <laughs> oh God. Um, if you feeling frog, you can give us a little taste. You know, right here, right live. Uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Bear in mind, you might have a couple cocktails in you, or whatever, whatever you need to feel. You know, some courage. So you know, you're going all out for this uh, karaoke song. I, I, I go dream on just because growing up that was the track on Guitar Hero and I love playing <laughs> Guitar Hero. So I'll, I'll go dream on. That's a tough song. There are some high yes. notes in that song. Yes, I would do terrible, but that's <laughs> that's what comes yeah, to if, comes to mind. If you're that, terrible, you gotta go all out. You yeah. like if, if you're a terrible singer, you can't go like a middle range and you just try to squeak through. You just gotta go, you gotta just commit. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get For some sure. respect. Um, you, I, I, I heard that you have a playlist before you, um, you know, to, to get you pumped up for every start. Is there something on there that would surprise some people? Maybe like a guilty pleasure type song. Uh, no, it's mostly rap. Uh, there are an, an occasional rock song here and there, but it's no, it's mostly rap. So I, I wouldn't say any like guilty pleasures. What 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 are your top three songs on that playlist? Oh man, you guys are grilling me. I can give you top three artists. I don't. I'm not really good with songs off the top of my head. Mm. Uh, I'll give you Travis Scott, uh, NBA Young Boy, who's who's known for just making people crazy, making people go wild. And, it's like the and Young people. DMX. All right, I can, I yes. can get that behind that. <laughs> and. Uh, I'll I'll put future up there, uh, just because you know who doesn't like future. So, <clears throat> because you said Travis Scott, are you a fan of Kid Cudi? Oh yeah, I love Kid Cudi. What do you think of Man on the Moon Three? Because I think it's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. Everything he's put good. out since Man on the Moon Two sucked, in my opinion. <laughs> but Man on the Moon Three, I think, is a masterpiece. A lot of people don't think that, but. Seems like you and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> We're no, best like friends, it. not you and Jesse. We're on ourselves, on you. That's yeah. what it is. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I, I have to give it another playthrough, but so far, I think I played through it twice. It's you know, it hasn't disappointed either time. Make sure you li- listen extra carefully to Solo Dolo Three to Masterpiece. <laughs> Anyways, Jesse, what's your next question? <laughs> okay, you. Uh... You get a home run off of anyone, and remember, you you got to pimp the thing. So, and this thing is like five hundred feet. Who is that guy? And also, you get to strike out anyone in the world. Who is that guy? Okay, so I get to hit a dinger off anyone. Anyone. We're yeah. past or present. Past or present. Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll do past. I'll do uh, Dontrell Willis. D train, D train, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because so funky was so unhittable early on, and you know, if you're hitting the ball 500 plus feet off him, which he could do back to me, uh, you know, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta bat flip it and then punch out anyone past or present. Man, very bombs. <laughs> That's, I mean, does it get it doesn't get any better than that, so. It to be sure able to punch does him it. out. Yeah. It that really... is the best answer we've ever had. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll, I'll take that as a sign of respect. So I, I, I do like that. Another question: <laughs> Barry Bonds, Hall of Famer, C or no? Yes. I like that answer too. <laughs> just, just we one word: same, yes. Be on the same page about that. <laughs> Fa- favorite cereal? This is this has been a, a heated topic with everyone we've had yeah. on the show. Favorite cereal? I think I'll go with Captain Crunch. Uh, just flexible. Yeah, it's just so good. Like. Mm-hmm. Do you not yeah, respect the roof of your mouth whatsoever? Because you clearly don't. Uh, do you laugh That's now, Crunch later, really essay? Like, that is not, nah, bro. What do you guys Jesus. like? Do you not like Captain Crunch? <clears throat> oh, I love Captain Crunch. I, Dude, I Cinnamon up Toast Crunch is number shit. one. It's worth it. Cinnamon Toast, cinnamon toast, toast Crunch is number one. The milk, the milk after is unbelievable. Oh. Yeah, it's basically oh, five, Just like Cocoa, Cocoa, Cocoa Puffs, same thing. Um, what's your hottest food take? Hottest like food most take? Con- wow. Yeah, most controversial food take. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and there, there's one wrong answer, so hopefully you don't say that wrong one. answers. I think the, I think we probably have the biggest thing on all of our minds is pineapple on supposed to be on pizza or not. That's probably uh-huh. the biggest that's one, true. right? Yeah, I that's, would say that's so. not that's not mine. Mine's okay. whether or not you think In and Out's overrated. Oh, because it's I, it's not overrated. I I can go. I can answer both. So, in terms of In and Out, the burgers. Be careful now. You got you have to you have to play in LA now. Let's. Yeah. I know. The burgers are great. The fries they yes. need some work. Yeah, they need some work. I would agree. Uh, I would agree. Animal sure. style, they're okay. Yeah. And on the pizza topic, I'm so cut in the middle because I've had good pizzas with pineapple on it, but then I have a regular like sauce. I'm a big uh, sausage slice fan. I'm a regular sausage mm. slice, and I'm like, this is just as good. So I'm fifty fifty. If there's pineapple on pizza, sure I'll try it. But, you know, if sausage is there as well, I'm going to have that as well. So 50-50, probably going to get a lot of shit for that. But Man, you're going to have a a career in politics. No, the thing, I I completely agree with you with with the In-N-Out thing. It just... It just goes to show you that the burgers are that good that it's like, well, the fries aren't that good, but man, I mean, it's better than, you know, not having fries at all. Yeah, yeah so, but you're not going to yeah. go to Five Guys and pay $30 for a burger and fries. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> rip yeah. off. Yeah, Would you drive to two different food places to get what you want, though? No. Probably. I'm that fat. Yes, I would. But Yeah. Yeah, I like Probably, that. Probably, yeah. Sometimes you want a shake from Jack in the Box, but you want an In-N-Out burger, you know? Because yeah. you want some Oreos so, up in that thing. So you want, I don't know, a meal from Chipotle, and then you want to finish off with some ice cream. I, I see no problem with that. See, but that that's different because I feel like yeah. that's dessert <laughs> and dinner. Yeah. I'm talking like yeah. going to McDonald's to get a burg and then going to, I don't know, fucking Wendy's to get fries. Like, oh. I don't like, like that. If you had to pick one movie that is your favorite, you only get one. What is your favorite movie of all time? The Dark Knight. Mm. Solid. First one. Yeah, I, first I, one. Oh, the first one. Oh no, he's you're talking about Dark Knight versus Dark first Knight one. Rises, right? Yeah, I'm talking about. Oh yeah, because that was that was Batman Joker. Begins, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Batman Begins was the yeah, first that Joker. showed. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. like, what? Heath Ledger. <laughs> yep. 
I remember I saw that movie late and I was like, dude, people are playing this up because, you know, I mean, no disrespect to Heath Ledger, but it was like, they're playing this up because he died, yada, yada, yada. But then I finally saw it and I was like, fuck, dude, he really did kill that shit. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. I think, I mean, that that was a a great movie. But I think the, the new Batman, the one with Robert Pattinson, that one looks pretty damn good. You know, obviously not like those bad like trash movies, because no one saw those. <laughs> you're like you, you're Edward, motherfucker. That's that's what you are. Yeah, right, Team Edward. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's pretty much all I got. Um, you know, Josiah, thank you so much for for coming on. Hopefully, oh, no, you didn't no. mind Jesse being here because you know we get a lot of complaints. But uh, yeah, man, thanks that's, for that's thanks for coming on, sharing your time. And it was fun, you know. Hopefully uh, we'll see you on the big league roster. Hopefully we'll be able to see it in person this year, but you know, (laughs) we'll we'll see what uh, science and uh, all that dictates. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see, but uh, I appreciate you guys. And, you know, this is fun and hope to do it again, you know, sometime down the line. Yeah, absolutely. This week's episode was brought to you by renovation candle company. As always spring candles are out now. Go get them. There's so many to choose from. Stop having your room smell like shit. So have it smell good. Man, you just you really lean into that. You had me believing. That was nice. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe and, you know, write a review on Apple Podcasts to help us grow. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Benches Cleared P, Instagram, Benches Cleared Podcast. And next week, We'll be here. And also, fuck those San Diego Padre fan idiots virgins. <laughs> those kids. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. And we'll see you next week. But mostly fuck Aubrey Huff. Yeah. Those kids probably look up to Aubrey Huff.